0: Do I have to do a show today? Do I have to do a show today? I mean, you don't have to. You can just pay me and go home. I almost did that. <laughs> I almost called you like two hours ago and said, you know what? I'm just not doing a show today. All right. Seems like Facebook is cooperating a little bit more today. It was. I mean, st- it is. I'm still in Facebook jail, by the way. Eight yeah. more days. Eight more days. Eight more days. Until I do something else. (laughs) Like, I don't know, post the weather. I'm sure they'll... I'm looking awfully blurry on here. Maybe it's me. Yeah, it's not my equipment. It's your internet. (laughs) Because you look great on mine. Especially with your spiffy shirt. You like that, huh? I do. I really like that shirt. This is my TMF, the Movement family. They, they're the group that um, feeds the homeless on Wednesday nights. Oh, that's awesome. So I always like to Shout try and support him. them as best as I can. Yeah, it's so weird. It's so blurry on my screen. But if you've got it good, I'm sure it's good. I got you good. I guess. And I'm, I'm looking at you on three different platforms. So I trust what I'm looking at. She's <laughs> got the cutest giggle. <laughs> and then it makes me do it more. Oh, and now I'm blushing. Look at that. Aw. <laughs> I, I, I didn't traumatize you by saying that you had a cute... G- All right, I'm just checking. No, I, I just instantly felt my cheeks go red. I'm like, oh, my God. Ba, 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 ba. All right, I guess we can start the show. All right. Shall we? Hi, how you guys doing? My name's Tom Duggan here at the Paying Attention Podcast. Hi, it's Top 2 Guys Smoke Shop at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. A lot of things to talk about today. I'm going to try and keep it to be a, 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 a shorter show. That's my goal every week, actually. I never really get there, but I'm trying. Um. I actually like that we killed the show down from an hour to forty minutes. I hated it when I hated it when it was foisted upon me because I don't like change. I'm oh. like Sheldon on The Big Bang Theory. Me I too. hate change. I understand. Um, but it's actually worked out a little bit a little bit better for us, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we get we get more in, and um, I don't jump around as much, which is good. And I'm just going to try and keep doing. I'm going to try and keep it a little shorter if I can. All right. Uh, a couple of things before we get into any any topics, I did want to make an announcement. I'm dying to make this announcement for a month and a half. My lawyer keeps telling me, don't do it. Don't do it. You got to keep waiting. I was told I could do it in this edition of the Valley Patriot. And the night before we went to print, my lawyer called me and said, you got to wait three more days. I said, we go to print tomorrow morning. He's like, you got to wait three more days. I'm like, are you effing kidding me? He's Aww. like, no, you really have to wait three more days. So that was like uh, March. I don't know, when did we come out? Last Tuesday, a week ago Tuesday. And so I was in his office this morning. Um and my lawyer said I I said can I can I am I am my, my show today can I do it today can I do it on my show and he's like well jeez if you don't you don't know P- I, I do a great impersonation of my lawyer but you'd have to know him to find oh. it funny okay. and he's like jeez oh, I, uh, I don't know yeah you should be okay if you do it today just don't say anything that's gonna get you sued right <laughs> so the announcement is that we are now. For the first time in Four years Lawsuit free at the Valley Patriot We settled our last <sighs> lawsuit um, We were sued by a Politician in Methuen And um, man did I Freak out when we got sued because he hired Literally the most expensive Law firm in Boston to sue us oh. And even though, I, I, even though I, I Never worry about whether I'm going to lose a lawsuit Or not I, I never worry about that kind of stuff Because I've got the best lawyer in the world um, Peter Caruso is a First Amendment expert. He's been doing First Amendment law for fifty years. That's not an exaggeration. He's also president of the New England Newspaper um, Lawyers Association. Oh. So, and that's like a group of like lawyers that only represent p- newspapers. They only do First Amendment stuff. Um, so, we have settled our lawsuit with the politician in Methuen that sued us. And the only thing that I really want to say about that is that you know I, we get sued a lot, right? In the 17 years – I did some math last night. In the 17 years that we've owned the Valley Patriot, we've only had a total of three years where we weren't being sued. Wow. Right? So like within the first year and a half of starting the paper, we got sued. That dragged on for two years. Then we finally settled that, and in under a year, we got sued again by the Diatamos. They're a, a, a law firm in Lawrence. That dragged on for seven years. That wow. dragged on for seven years, and, uh, and we settled that lawsuit, and so that one was only settled for a, maybe like a year and a half to two years, maybe tops, before this lawsuit had. So this is our third major lawsuit. We've had a couple of minor ones that never really went anywhere. A couple got dismissed right out of hand because it was ridiculous, um, and all I want to say is you know, when I, whenever I get sued, there's only, I only have one priority. Whenever we get served with a lawsuit and they sue me and the newspaper, which is usually how it works, even though we're an S Corp and they're not supposed to sue me, just the newspaper. Um, but whenever we get sued, I only have one thing that I care about, and that is that at no time during, the, during any lawsuit that we will ever give up any sources. Right. Ever. Mm-hmm. No matter what the cost. And I mean that when I say no matter what the cost, because it has cost me tens of thousands of dollars in various different lawsuits to protect my sources. And um, I make no exceptions for that. You know how there's an exception to every rule? Not that yep. one. No. I make no exceptions for that. So um, we are now lawsuit-free again. And I can say in the 17 years that we've had the Valley Patriot and the multiple lawsuits that we've dealt with, um, we have never, ever given up a source that wanted to remain anonymous. Now, we had a couple in, in the last lawsuit, not this, not this most recent one, but the one before that. We had a couple of sources that said, Tom, we don't want you to go to jail. Because in Massachusetts, there's no shield law. So you can sue a reporter. One of the reasons why there's very few whistleblowing going on whistleblowing going in Massachusetts is because you can sue a reporter, get him in a deposition, and ask him who his sources are. And if he doesn't tell you, you can go to jail. In fact, you do. You go to jail for contempt. Wow. So there is no protection for reporters, for journalists in Massachusetts, when it comes to protecting sources. Now, in New York... It's it's like attorney-client privilege. In New York, they can't drag a, a New York lawyer into court and demand that they give their sources because in New York, they have a shield law that protects journalists. Massachusetts desperately needs that. So I wrote the public records law. It took us four years to get it done. This is my new project. Now that this lawsuit is over, my new project, I'm going to be sitting down with State Rep. Minacucci, um, State Representative Linda Campbell, State Senator Diana DeSaglio, State Representatives Marcos Devers, and um, Frank Moran. And, um, and I'm going to draft up a shield law for reporters so that the next reporter doesn't have to go through this. The guy that sued us last time, not the most recent one, but the guy that sued us last time, actually put in writing before he sued us, I know you didn't do anything against us, but we want to know who dimed us out. Right? So he yeah. wasn't suing us because what we said wasn't true. He was suing us because he knew that if he got me under a deposition and asked me who my sources were, I was going to have to tell him or go to jail. Well, I was prepared to go to jail. He sued us. I said, ready to go to jail. And the five sources that I had called me the night before I was supposed to go to jail, one of whom was my very good friend and and will be friends for life. And I'm not Neil Perry. When I say friends for life, I actually mean it. Mm -hmm. Uh, But Billy Manzi, the former mayor of Methuen, was one of them. Mm -hmm. And... um, He called me the night before I was supposed to go to jail and said, Tom, I'm going to be joining you in court tomorrow. You can give my name. I don't want you to go to jail. What you said was true. And though I don't like the idea that my name is going to be out there as one of your sources, I will come forward. And so did former Lawrence Mayor Mike Sullivan. And so did uh, several other people. In the uh-huh. Merrimack Valley. All five of my sources. Actually, it's six. I'd forgotten about the sixth one. And he called me and said, Hey, here you go to jail tomorrow. I go, yeah, I'm going to jail, <laughs> do you want yeah. to jail tomorrow. He goes, no, don't do that. Please, I'm, I'll join you. And all five of them joined me the next day at the hearing and said, No, we're the source. Wow. You don't have to put him in jail. He's not going to give our name. We're going to give our name. We were the source. Yes, we said it. Um, Integrity. So we, we ended up settling that lawsuit for no money. We ended up settling... We we won the last law, the one before that We had a guy from Methuen sued us Over like the stupidest thing in the world If the guy had a brain cell He would have known he wasn't going to get anywhere It was dismissed out of hand, he refiled it Uh, We won We went to trial, we won He, He appealed it, we won the appeal And then he appealed it again to the state Supreme Court And when you appeal it to the state Supreme Court If you lose The loser has to pay the winner's Legal fees so we've still got about 20 grand in the pipeline somewhere from that first guy that sued us. We're actually in the process of drafting out – now that this lawsuit's over we're in the process of drafting up memos to try and recover some of that money, which would be very helpful. But, you know, at, at no time any time that I get sued, I never worry about losing. If we lose, we lose. There's nothing you can do. Like it's out of your control, right? right? But the one thing that I do worry about is I'll go to jail before I'll give a source. I will, I will lie, cheat, beg, steal, borrow, whatever it takes. Because at the end of the day, if we give our source and we end up getting out of a lawsuit, no one will ever talk to us again. Right. They'll be like, oh, no, but you gave your source in that last one. Why would I talk to you if they drag you into court? You're going to give my name. And we've had people, we've had people give us um, really confidential information. I had a guy that worked in the Lawrence Water Department 10 years ago, maybe. So what's this, 2021? So it was probably like around t- 2010 we wrote a story about leaking toxic chemicals at the, at the water treatment plant in Lawrence. And the guy that worked there actually took pictures and sent them to us. And they're still online. Uh, you just, if, you, uh, if you Google Lawrence water treatment plant, Valley Patriot, it should come right up. It's disgusting what, what, what was going on there. Um, you know, it, the guy that called us, we didn't know it at the time, said, well, I know there's a shield law in Massachusetts, so I'm going to give you this. And we didn't know at the time that, that there wasn't. And if the mayor at the time had been a different mayor, if it had been Willie Lantigua, we would have ended up in court because he right. would have wanted that guy 's name, but it wasn't oh. it was I think it was Mike Sullivan at the time, um, and he wasn't interested in suing anybody so we we ended up not getting sued for that to give his name. but imagine like you 're somebody who works like in a water treatment plant and there's leaking toxic chemicals going into the water, and you want to blow the whistle, but you 're afraid to because if you give if you call the Globe the Herald, the Tribune, wherever. And and you give them the story, and they get sued. They've got to give your name in Massachusetts. There's no protection. So we need a shield law. I know that my lawyer is against a shield law. I know all of the lawyers are against a shield law because they because they make money, right? Most of the legislators are lawyers, and they want to make money, right? That's why they don't want a shield law in Massachusetts. But I am going to do the same exact thing I did with the state's public records law. I'm going to draft up a shield law for Massachusetts, and I'm gonna work with our Merrimack Valley delegation. I already know that we've got the four Republicans on our side in, in the State House. It's a matter of getting the Democrats on board with it. And it's gonna be tough because again, they're all lawyers and they don't want a shield law. They want lawyers to make more money on these kind of things. But we're gonna have some we're gonna have some powerful people on our side. We're gonna have we're gonna have Diana DiZaglio. we're gonna have Linda Campbell, who's by the way, I think third in line to be speaker at this point, maybe third or fourth in line. Um, and and I'm, I'm going to rally all of the Merrimack Valley state representatives, state senators to change the law because it it has a chilling effect on people who would like to blow the whistle on wrongdoing going on, especially in government. And people are afraid. People are afraid to talk. I mean, they're not afraid to talk to me because they know I'm going to go to court and I'm no matter what, no matter what, I'm not giving their name, no matter what, um, However, there there's only one Tom Doggan out there, as far as I know, and I know that there have been other newspapers I won't name them who have recently been involved in lawsuits who shamelessly gave the name up on the first question. Oh. And I was actually reading the, I was reading a deposition a couple of days ago on a, a local newspaper, and it was the first question And the guy gave up his source, and I'm like, what what, what the hell is this? Wow. So we need it, we need it badly. If we're going to have free speech, if we're going to have a free press. People need to feel comfortable to come forward and give information about wrongdoing, especially going on in government, but not even just government. Let's say you work for Raytheon. Let's say you work for some chemical company in Woburn, and you find out they're illegally dumping toxic waste into a river, right? You don't want to get killed. You don't want anybody to know you're the guy that blew the whistle on them. If you go to law enforcement, your name's going to be used, right? If you go to the cops, the cops have to show where they got the information, and you can't be confidential. But you can go to a reporter. Right. Uh, except in Massachusetts, if you go to a reporter, there's a really good chance that reporter is going to give you up no matter any reporter that says no matter what, I'm not going to, except for me, that I'm, no matter what, I'm never going to give my source. They're, they're lying to you. They're lying to you to get the information and they don't care what's going to happen to you down the road, because if they're the ones sitting in a deposition and they're the ones that get asked who your sources are, they're going to give it up. I don't give it up. Yeah. Under any under any circumstances, all right. So that's uh, the beginning of the show. So I'm watching um, a couple of things. We'll get to. A, I have a local story coming, but I wanted to chat about a couple of national stories because the the national press has been obsessed for the last uh, week or so about Liz Cheney. Liz Cheney is a congressman. I think she's a congressman. Maybe she's a senator. I, th- I think she's a congressman though. Uh, representing Wyoming She is the daughter of former Vice President Dick Cheney And she, the, the big story 24-7 on CNN for the last week Has been Liz Cheney's losing a leadership position She's losing a big job with the Republicans Because she's against Trump And this is really just their, their way of working Trump into a story Because they have nothing else They have nothing else to talk about all day And now that Trump is gone CNN's ratings, by the way, have been cut in half. They're down to less than a million people on their most widely watched show. They're under a million people. However, all the other stations <clears throat> excuse me are doing the same thing. It's Liz Cheney, Liz Cheney, Liz Cheney. So I went online and looked because it, there's always missing facts when the national news starts doing stupid shit like this. So I'm, I'm thinking, well, what, what job exactly is Liz Cheney losing that we have to spend all of this time Talking about something that's really completely irrelevant to all of our lives. So I went on The Drudge Report," I went on uh, New York Times, I went on the Boston Globe and Boston Herald. I read maybe six stories about Liz Cheney being thrown out of this leadership position, and I'm only looking for one piece of information: What job is she losing? What job is she losing, and how much money is she losing by losing this job? And it's not in any of the stories. Every single story from the New York Times all the way down to, like, the Boston Herald, including AOL. I went to the AOL news page, and I couldn't find it there either. They say she's losing a chief position within the Republican Party, but they don't say what the position is. What's the position? How much does it pay? What is she really losing? Is it like, it's like one of those leadership positions where you're the head of a committee that has meetings about meetings? And then they just give you more money for that? Because that's what I suspect is happening. But you would think journalists who are supposed to write facts are going to write a story about a congressman losing a position. They would say what friggin' position it was. They'd say like how much money this extra position is within the Republican Party, you would think. But they didn't because it's not about Liz Cheney. It's not about her position. It's not about any of that. It's about the mainstream media constantly trying to portray the Republican Party as a bunch of Nazis. That's what it's about. And quite frankly, I couldn't give two shits about Liz Cheney. Most people who watch CNN are Democrats. You think they care about inside Republican baseball politics? Who's going to be a leadership position in the GOP? They don't care. And in fact, 90% of the Republicans don't give a shit either. 90% of the Republicans, they don't care if Liz Cheney has a lead. They're not throwing her out of Congress. So like, wh- why? why five days in a row about Liz Cheney? Because... She's fighting against the big lie it's a lie. I really wanted to do a, a, a bring in a compilation video. <laughs> I started working on it and, and I just I ran out of time. but I have like a hundred different people on various different news stations talking about it's a big lie it's a lie it's a lie it's a big lie it's a lie. number one why you're using Nazi Holocaust comparisons to Donald Trump is beyond me and why no one's calling them on it, even Fox is also beyond me. But secondly, who gives a rat's ass what other people think happened in the last election? Let's review. Four years ago, the Democrats ran around saying that the election of Donald Trump was illegitimate, that he was an illegitimate president because Russia stole the election for him. Now, four years later... Republicans are saying, some Republicans are saying, they think that the election was stolen from Donald Trump, and suddenly it's unpatriotic and dangerous speech. It's dangerous information to say that the president of the United States wasn't duly elected. It's treason, treason, it's a big lie. And I wonder if these idiots can hear themselves. Because on both sides, when the other side does it, they scream bloody murder as if they're murdering babies live on TV. But then when their side does it, it's perfectly okay. Nothing to see here move along. And then four years later, the other side will do it, and suddenly it's it's the end of the world again. I, I honestly don't understand why CNN, and I watch CNN more. I don't watch MSNBC as much, uh, but I watch all the liberal news channels. I very, very rarely watch Fox except for Tucker. Uh, even the five is just horrible now. Uh, but, But I'm watching all of them, and I'm trying to figure out why are they so apoplectic that some people, other people besides them and their core audience, believe something that they don't believe. Like, when did it become mandatory that everyone believed the same thing? I thought that was communism. I thought, like, in communist China, everyone had to believe the same thing, not in the United States. And yet every single news station that I put on was about the big lie, the big lie that it was stolen, the big lie. I don't know that it's a lie. Yesterday, they had that breaking news. Wolf Blitzer comes out, breaking news, breaking news. Um, Some official in the Department of Justice, I don't know who he is, came out and said that there's, quote, no evidence of widespread voter fraud. Unlike what Donald Trump said. Well, first of all, Donald Trump never said that there was widespread voter fraud. In fact, nobody has ever said it's widespread voter fraud. And by the way, why is the standard now widespread voter fraud? Nobody ever said anything about widespread. So they started off saying there's no such thing as voter fraud. They started off saying it doesn't exist. It never happens anywhere ever. Not one person has ever in the history of America committed voter fraud. Well, except when Donald Trump got elected. But in this election, not one person did one bad thing. Not one person. But that wasn't flying because anybody with a brain cell in their head, even Biden supporters, even Hillary supporters, even people who don't vote, know that voter fraud happens in every single election. It happens in every Lawrence election that we've we've seen. It happens in every state election. It happens in every national election. So now they change the dynamic. They change what's being argued by adding the word widespread, as if whether it's widespread or not means anything. I don't care if it's widespread. I don't, I don't want one person committing voter fraud. Most elections, are, most elections in the United States, especially local and state elections, are won by like under 100 to 200 votes. So if you get 50 people committing fraud, that throws a whole election. Now, I'm not saying that the, that the election was rigged, and I'm not saying that the election was stolen. I don't know if it was stolen or not. I don't have enough information. There's certainly evidence that there were shenanigans, there's certainly evidence that there certainly was, and I'll say that for sure there was voter fraud that occurred. I think the only question is, was there enough voter fraud that could have changed the election? That's what Donald Trump is arguing. That's what he's been arguing since day one. That's what his supporters have been arguing since day one. Is there enough voter fraud that happened to change the election? Donald Trump thinks that there is. I don't know that there is. I don't know that there is. And you certainly can't rely on the Department of Justice to investigate it and come up with an actual answer one way or the other because they're all Democrats now. The Department of Justice, the FBI, except for, like, guys at the very bottom level of the FBI, but most of the FBI, they're all all political whores now. And the CIA, the entire deep state, they're all political whores. So you can't rely on them to give you a right answer. But we know for sure that there are a couple of states... That changed their election laws and didn't do it legally, and that kind of is voter fraud. Is it enough to change the election? Probably not, but maybe. But to call it a big lie as if there's somehow now proof that there was no voter fraud? Oh, I'm sorry. There are people who work in the Department of Justice who say, you know, like with words. There's no actual evidence. But who say with words that there was, quote, no widespread voter fraud. Well, we could have told you that. If there was widespread voter fraud, there'd be no question. We'd all see it. Even CNN would have to admit it. But that's not the question at hand. question at hand is, was there enough voter fraud? So this is just their way, now that Donald Trump has been out of office now five months, to work Donald Trump into every story because they have nothing else. And when Donald Trump was president, it was the best thing that ever happened to CNN, MSNBC, and the rest of the news media because... Every day he would tweet something that they could have fake outrage over at Freak Factor 25. I mean, he, he typed the word coffee one day and put a V in it, and they literally had a three-day panel discussion on CNN about what it might have meant. Was it a secret code to the Russians? What was it? Does he have a mistress that he's sending secret codes to? Like, and then he just makes shit up. And I'm, I'm starting to call the media speculation TV, especially cable media, including Fox, because they'll, they'll, they'll tell you something happened, and that will probably be the only thing that they said that's true in their broadcast. And then after they tell you what happened, they will then speculate as to what it's supposed to mean. And they'll speculate and speculate until they can come up with the worst possible negative speculation you can. And when they get to there, suddenly, now we've got a five-person panel discussion to discuss that topic, which, by the way, we don't even know that that's actually the real reason. It's insane. And by the way, Fox is getting much worse. I watched... uh, I used to like to watch The Five because I like Greg Gutfeld. I can't watch it anymore. I can't watch it anymore because maybe I'm just too cerebral. maybe Maybe I'm just too smart for myself. But I watch The Five. I used to watch The Five to learn a perspective on the actual news that's going on. Yesterday, they talked about a fucking tiger that was on the loose somewhere in Florida, I think. And some lady that... That made spaghetti on a table Like that's news? Like really? This is why I tune into Fox? This is why I tune into CNN? This is why I tune into MSNBC? To to learn about how some lady Made spaghetti on a table? Like really? Honest to God? The, no missing kids you could be talking about Put their picture on the screen Help their parents out a little No Alzheimer's patients have walked away from a nursing home There's no, there's no murderer on the run Anywhere in the country that, that killed a family Or killed a police officer that you could be doing a story on Right? There's, there's no floods anywhere, there's no fires anywhere There's nothing you can talk about Other than a missing tiger and spaghetti And this is Fox Like, well, Listen, Fox talks, But they're still better than all the other news stations They're not much better But they are better And they're better because they have a news division That's separate from their opinion division So when you tune into Fox At the, at the top of the hour You usually get about 3-5 to five minutes Of actual news with no opinions You don't get that on CNN You don't get it on MSNBC, you don't get it on ABC, you don't get it on any of the other channels. You do get it on Fox, but that three to five minutes is all you're getting. That's all you're getting that's real news on Fox. The rest of the time, it's meaningless bullshit, or they've become cheerleaders for the Republican Party. And and again, how do you blame them when all of the other news stations are all cheerleaders for the Democrats? All of them. Every single one, with no exception, except maybe Uh, OAN, a a One American Network, who also, by the way, has a pretty decent news division. But they're merged. They're merged in with all of their opinion people, so you don't know what's news and what's opinion. You really have to listen very closely when you watch the news to understand whether or not what you're being told is real or it's just somebody's speculation and opinion. So there's now nowhere left to go. I wish I had a rich friend that could start a national cable network, and I would call it just the news. It would be the JTN Network, and we would have anchors come on and talk about just news. No opinions. There's not going to be opinion shows. There's not going to be panel discussions. You're going to have an anchor come out, and every 15 minutes, they're going to give you news. And it's not going to be the same news that you saw 15 minutes earlier. Because when I put on CNN at 4 o'clock, and I watch CNN all day, usually around 3 o'clock, I have my nap. I get up around 4, I put back on CNN, and there's Wolf Britser breaking news! And it's the same fucking news story that they ran all day. There's nothing breaking about it. There's nothing breaking about it, and there's nothing news about it. So anyways, um, watching, I I had the displeasure of having to watch Sean Hannity. Because Caitlyn Jenner, a.k.a. Bruce Jenner, was on last week. I think he was on last Wednesday night. We were going to talk about it last week's show, but we never got a chance to get to it. Um I hate Sean Hannity. I, I can't I can't I would rather watch Don Lemon do his performance art pretending to be outraged about racism when there's no racism in the story. To me that's at least entertaining. I'd rather watch Chris Cuomo pretend that he's important because he's the governor's brother. At least that's entertaining because it's all performance art. It's not real they're not really giving their real opinions they're reading a script they're performance artists they're not news people but Bruce Jenner was going to be on Hannity and I really wanted to hear what Bruce Jenner had to say so I flipped on Hannity and in the first 3 seconds of watching Hannity reminded me why I hate Sean Hannity just can't I can't take him for even 3 seconds the guy it's everything everything's about him everything every story every question everything's about him and He's got a narrative that the Republicans are right, no matter what they do, Donald Trump could take a shit on the sidewalk, and he would come on and say Donald Trump took the greatest shit anybody's ever seen in their life. Oh, it was beautiful, and it sat on the sidewalk, and it didn't even harden when the sun hit it. That's what you, that's what you get <laughs> when you watch Sean Hannity, and it's nauseating. Bruce Jenner gets up and, of course, he's pretending to be a woman. He's dressed in women's clothes and he's wearing makeup and he's pretending. you got to feel bad for the guy, honestly. Living with the Kardashians for 20 years, they've completely emasculated this guy. And I love the Kardashians. I've watched almost every episode there is. It's, it's, it's like a train wreck. You can't not watch it when it's on. But if you go back and you watch when he was actually still Bruce Jenner, you, you see the transformation, like only the women in that house got any attention for anything, and they completely emasculated the guy. The guy couldn't move without somebody jumping all over him. So he gets up there, and he starts talking about running for governor of California. First, as kind of a political wonk that I am, the guy doesn't know the first thing about politics. But you know what? That's okay. Because the guy that's in there knows all about politics, and look at the horrible job he's doing. So it's not really much of a standard. So some of the stuff that he talked about, he really kind of didn't know what he was talking about. And again, that's okay because the guy that's in there knows what he's talking about. But what bothered me about this Bruce Jenner slash Caitlyn Jenner interview on Sean Hannity of all places is that we're supposed to think of him as Caitlyn Jenner, a woman. Even though he still has a penis, he hasn't had the surgery, he's just a guy wearing a dress and makeup. That's all it is but we're supposed to call him Caitlyn and not call him Bruce because Bruce doesn't exist anymore, right? Bruce is no longer an entity. Bruce is no longer a person. This is a whole different person. It's a whole different thing. Caitlyn Jenner. And he's talking about running for governor and he starts taking credit for all of these things that Bruce Jenner did 20 years ago. In business, running the Olympics and being an athlete, and I'm sitting there thinking, "Wait a minute, wait a minute." You can't have it both ways. You can't say, I'm no longer Bruce. You can't refer to me as Bruce, but then take credit for things Bruce did. Because you're not Bruce. Like, that's what we're all supposed to pretend. We're all supposed to pretend you're not Bruce. We're supposed to pretend that because you're wearing a dress, and you're putting on makeup, and you're wearing your hair long, and you're slurring your words to sound a little bit more like a woman, we're supposed to think that you're not Bruce Jenner. You're not the guy that ran in the Olympics. You're not the guy that started his own business. You're not the guy on the Wheaties box. You're a woman. You're a totally different entity. And then he's running for governor, taking credit and talking about uh, in, at length about his businesses when he was Bruce Jenner. And I just think that's, that's the height of hypocrisy. I sent him a check, by the way. I hope Bruce Jenner wins that election. I think he'd be a much better governor than the guy that's in there now. I think he'd be a much better governor than anybody else that's running. However, we still got to call it like it is. We still have to tell the truth. It's Bruce Jenner in a dress. It's not, there's no Caitlyn. Listen, if if you want to change your name and the people around you want to call you Caitlyn, that's fine. But don't be under the delusion that we all think you're a different person now, especially when you go on Hannity and you say that you're going to take credit for all the things Bruce Jenner did when you used to be Bruce Jenner, whom you're not supposed to be anymore. Anyways, uh, we are going to talk about that at the end of the show last week and we got cut out of time. Uh, is that 10 minutes left? Is that mm-hmm. the countdown? Okay. Uh, so real quick, we've got uh, in Lawrence, uh, was watching the city council meeting last night, Lawrence Police Chief Roy Vast talked about finally, maybe, a new police station in the city of Lawrence. Now that station is probably about 100 years old, maybe 85, 100 years old, if I have my, my timing right. And they've been talking about I I was on the school board in Lawrence in 1996. They were having meetings and talking about getting funding for a new police station back then, and it's never happened. It looks as though this time, though, and for 10 different times, we were told we were going to get a new police station in Lawrence. It looks, though, however, as if this time might be the time. Now, I know Lucy with the football, right? (laughs) We're going to get out. We're going to get excited again. We're going to get a new police station. And at the last minute, they're going to rip it out from underneath us. Or worse, what happened the last couple of times, Lawrence City Councilors couldn't get their act together because they were too stupid to understand what was really going on, and they ended up voting against the funding. So the chief said last night that it's going to be a $59 million police station and that the, city, the state is going to kick in all but about $10 million of it, maybe 8 to $10 million is going to have to be paid for by the city, and they can, do the, they can bond it. So it's not going to be a big drag on the on the people of Lawrence. I'm very excited about this for a couple of reasons. One, the police officers deserve a station that's not leaking and doesn't have mold. Two, people who get arrested, who are not convicted of anything, shouldn't have to be held in, in a cell that's the conditions of the Lawrence police station, which is abysmal. Water all over the floor, mold, walls falling apart, it's just, it smells horrible. You can't get rid of the smell down there. It's disgraceful. The booking room is disgraceful. The holding cells are disgraceful. Where the cops have their meetings upstairs for their, uh, downstairs for their uh, roll call is disgraceful. The whole building is disgraceful. So I'm hoping that they're going to get that done. Um, I'm also hoping, uh, I've had promises from previous mayors who now are not there, so those promises don't carry... Um, But I was promised by several previous mayors that if they got a police station within their term, that they were going to name it after my dad. My father was a policeman who was killed in the line of duty in 1999 serving the Lawrence Police Department. And I was really excited about that, especially when Dan Rivera first got elected, because Dan was the first guy to say, hey, you know what, Tom, your dad deserves it. if If we get a police station... We'll, we'll, we'll work your dad's name into it Even if we have to name it like the Officer Tom Duggan Police Memorial Building Or something oh, wow. Or you know the Duggan Manning Building Because um, uh, Peter Manning was a police officer In Lawrence that was killed in 1954 He was hit by a drunk driver um, but, th- but he promised he was going to work it in And of course he's not mayor anymore So we've got a, a new mayor coming in In the fall I'm going to be talking to all of the mayoral candidates To talk about the naming of the station If possible and I'm okay throwing other people's names in. If there's another cop out there that they found uh, that, that died in the line of duty, I know that we did one uh, at the bash a few years ago. I'm trying to remember his name, and I'm sorry that I can't. Um, but A, we need a new station, and B, I'd love to see it named after my dad. Because then, long after I'm gone, at least I know there's going to be something that's going to remember what his sacrifice for the yeah. city. All right, we've got six minutes left. I've got a, I've got two – do we want to hold the Neil Perry thing? Do we want to talk about the state, or do we want to – we want to talk about the Neil Parry thing. So we got it. Which one? <laughs> uh, you want to let's take six minutes trying to figure it out. Yeah. Right. <laughs> All right. Let's do, let's, do the, let's do the. I'm going to hold off this, the drug sniffing dog story for. No, no, no. We'll hold Neil Parry for next week. Yeah. Okay. So we have a guy that was on the front page of the Valley Patriot last month. His name is Kevin Druin. Kevin lives in Lawrence. I've known him for an awful long time. He has two drug sniffing dogs, he doesn't work with the police. He's a private contractor. So if you think your teenager might be doing drugs and she's hiding it in her room, you call Kevin for a couple of hundred bucks. He'll bring his drug-sniffing dog in. They'll sniff around. The, the dog will point to where the drugs are. You're going to have to get them because he won't touch it because that's possession of, of right, drugs. Right. So you know, if you're the father or the mother or the grandmother, you're going to have to get it. And then you decide whether to call the police, flush it down the toilet, whatever you're going to do with it. He also gets contracts with treatment facilities and detox facilities. Last month, he went into a detox facility. I won't say which one yet, because I'm hoping they're going to correct their act, get their act together before I have to shame them. But if not by next week, I will shame them. Um, Kevin went in with his two drug sniffing dogs into a local state-owned detox treatment facility, and they found all kinds of drugs and weapons. Um. Among the people that were checked in The people who were clients The people who were there to get sober Within 24 hours He received And we got a copy of I'm going to pull it up right here so that we have it uh, A letter From uh, Her name is Deidre Calvert She is the director of the Bureau of Substance Addiction Services So apparently she's in charge Of all of the Drug treatment facilities in the state. The letter basically says that from this point forward, we are no longer allowing drug sniffing dogs to come into our facilities because, you know, we're worried about the safety of our residents. You know, what if somebody gets bit? Ooh. Oh, you know, what if, yeah. well, you know, we have to worry about the, the integrity of people's privacy. So I just want to let you guys know what a crock of shit that is because. The fact that Kevin Druin is going into these treatment facilities and actually finding drugs means that somebody at the treatment facility is not doing their job. And the people that oversee the treatment facilities are not doing their job. Mm-hmm. And Deidre Culvert, the director, of, the director of the Bureau of Substance Abuse Addiction Services, as if they could make that name any longer, is obviously not doing her job. And what she's interested in doing is sweeping all of this under the rug. Because if you get a drug-sniffing dog coming through every three days and they keep finding drugs, well, that means someone's not searching people property, someone's not searching the rooms properly, or somebody's letting it in on purpose, which means now they have to do work. Yeah. Right? Now they have to actually do like an investigation and find out who did it. And we all know that when it comes to state jobs, when it comes to especially state jobs like this, you don't get said state job unless you're politically connected to somebody. You're the cousin of a state rep. You're the babysitter's mailman of a senator. Somehow you're connected to somebody to get this job. So the people who get these jobs are never held accountable for anything that happens in their facilities because they're connected. Right. So when a guy like Kevin Druin goes in and they actually find a shitload of drugs in a treatment facility. They don't say, okay, let's make sure this never happens again. No, you know what they did? They banned Kevin Druin from being able to do the drug sniffing, to be able to do the drug searching. Shameful. Shameful on Deidre Culvert. And they can pretend that this, ha- that this has nothing to do with Kevin Druin. They can pretend that this has nothing to do with covering anything up. They're only concerned about the privacy. They're only- it's all bullshit. All of it. It's all bullshit. And if they are, if they continue down the road, they're going on. Right now, it's a temporary ban. I'm told from my friends on the inside that they're working on language policies to make it a permanent ban. And why would they make it a policy? Well, because we all know that the hobgoblin of state workers and government officials is to say it's a policy. Sorry, we can't do it. It's a policy. As if it being a policy actually means anything. It doesn't. It never has, it never will. Um, we're going to be continuing to investigate this. Um, I have uh, called upon uh, Marcos Devers, Frank Moran, Linda Campbell, our state reps, Lenny Mira, and Christina Minacucci to investigate this and find out why it is that when you can have a drug-sniffing dog go in and remove drugs and weapons from a detox facility, why you, anybody would want, how anybody with a straight face could say that there's any excuse to stop doing that, ever. And if we can't get the answers that we want, then I'm gonna have to I'm I'm gonna have to go into investigation mode, and I'm gonna have to start finding out exactly who it was that works at these facilities that was responsible and shame them by name. And that is what I will do because you guys know me. Mm-hmm. All right, so I guess that's that's the end of the show. We'll talk about Neil Perry next week. Uh, we have got some great uh, <laughs> some great audio. I'll tell you. Um, oh yeah. Uh, I want to thank our sponsors. We didn't do it at the top of the show. I was Gonna we'll, say we'll, let's we'll, not forget. Yeah, him. I know we'll bounce <laughs> out with them. I guess. <laughs> Um, yeah. We have AFC Urgent Care I was talking to Lisa yesterday She is going to come in again uh, McLennan Real Estate Century 21 Marsan & Sun Construction EIS Investigation Services Get your gun training If you need a private investigator Borelli's Deli where I'm going right after we leave yeah. here I'll be speeding into the parking lot to get my meats today. Uh, uh, Angelo over there at AM yeah. Auto Body. We love Angelo. Get hey, your car Angelo fixed. Angelo over there, uh, Teddy Fairburn, he does workers' compensation. If you got hurt at work, give Teddy Fairburn a call. We also want to thank Tomo's, where I had lunch earlier. The biggest scallops you'll ever see in your life if you go no, in and order the really. Emperor. It was so big that I ate it in three bites. <gasps> That's how big it was. Yeah. Um, yep. So uh, also free. A free shout at the end of a car wash, uh, four-star lighting, and Dawn Sign tech. Melvin Taylor says we got to go home. So go home already. The views and opinions expressed by the host, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.